podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Liverpool are playing Southampton tomorrow, Monday, um, at St Mary's. And joining me for a quick chat about the game is the Anfield Raps, Gareth Roberts. Gareth, how are you doing, mate? Yeah, good, mate. Looking forward to the game. Thanks for having me on. No, no, thanks for coming on. So, we've just come off the back of two draws, which were pretty boring, really. Um, let's not go into them in detail because there's no point, but how do you sum them up, the two performances, and why do you think that we've had those two performances? I think if you sort of look across the league, really, it, it, it's understandable. I just, th- I just think, you know, I, I keep talking about it when we're doing the Anfield Rap. You know, it's, it, it's the schedule, it's the injuries, it's the weirdness of this season, it's the lack of pre-season I think everyone's just lacking a bit of fire in the legs a little bit and you know you look at those games and it's so easy to have seen a way that we could have won the pair of them really you know there's chances in both of them that you would expect Liverpool to take in ordinary circumstances they don't and you know I think I just think we've got to sort of relax a little bit as a collective around it all I, I get that some people are getting nervous about you know United coming up on the rails and things like that but for me this is a bit of a weird season as we all know and I think it's just sort of about making sure you're there or thereabouts all the way to the end of the season and being in a place to strike, really. I mean, you know, one of the most annoying seasons for me as a Red um, was the season when Leicester won the league in 2016. And everyone always says, and I heard it recently on something where they, they always say, like, oh, yeah, they won it with 81 points. They didn't. They won it with 77. Mm. You know, they were crowned champions on 77 points when Spurs drew with Chelsea. So... That was really annoying that season because I just thought all these years we waited to win the league and we're not in position. We were eighth at the time when when Leicester had won it. Um, so this season, if, we, if we're just there in the position to strike, that's what it's all about. Given everything that we've gone through, given the way we've had to adapt over and over again, I think is it, it's something daft now, isn't it? Like 12 or 13 different centre-half combinations across the course of the season. Anyone who watches football, plays football, likes football, knows you can't do that. Do you know what I mean? You just can't do that and expect everything to be clicking week after week. And um, there's been so many changes, and I think you know, sort of those all those changes at the back have then impacted on the midfield. Obviously, we're missing Fabinho in midfield, but yeah. also I think some of the midfield play is is guided around protecting the defence a little bit more. But whereas obviously when you've got Virgil there, you're just like, just leave it all to him. He'll box absolutely everything. So I think all of that has to be taken into consideration, really. And look, I'm, I'm all right with where we are. I'm obviously the same as everyone else in that. I'm like, you know, you look at some of those results and think, oh, we could be three points, six points, nine points, 12 points clear. Mm. But the, the run they've been on this this team and this squad over the last couple of seasons is unbelievable. You know the numbers that they've turned out. So if there's if there's a slight drop off during a pandemic and an injury crisis, I think we should I think we should you know allow them that a little bit. Yeah, completely. I mean, I I, I did a podcast the other day with Steve Evo and Paul Moran and Paul Dalglish, yep. and um, we were all saying this is. We've been conditioned last two seasons to thinking that we have to be perfect. You've got to get 99 points. I've heard Neil Atkinson saying, you've got to be getting over 90. You know, it's got to be over 90. It might even have to be over 95. This season's not like that. This is very much... Do you think that this is very much like a a season in the 80s or even in the 90s where you could win it on 78, 80 points? It's just a different thing. We're just conditioned. Do you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think the levels that we have to reach... 
um, you know, a, a program does that over the last couple of years, as you say. I think um, you know, there's a time there, obviously, where you get you get 97 points and don't win it, and you just think, you know, we really are never gonna win this thing. But what I really liked about that was that sort of Klopp embraced it and was coming out talking about wanting, you know, 100-plus points and things like that, quite blasé about it as well, the way he said it. And I think that was a little insight into what he was saying behind the scenes and to the players. He was like, if we have to be perfect, Sam, let's be perfect. Let's win every single game. But I think every team knows this season that that, that, that isn't going to be the case, that no one can sort of maintain that level. There's too many games. It's too thick and fast. There's too many injuries. And as I say, pre-season went out the window as well. And, you know, you look at everyone was talking about being top at Christmas and stuff like that. But the number of games played were behind schedule for a, a normal Christmas because, you know, everything's concertinaed into a into a shorter space of time. And so there's got to be recognition of that as well. I mean, to be able to perform to a level every three, four days is, is not realistic. And, you know... Maybe it's realistic if all your squads fit and you can rotate a bit more, but we haven't been able to do that because we're all well aware of the injuries we've had. I'm just hoping that, you know, it's starting to ease a little bit now. I, I thought the Newcastle game obviously was really frustrating, but but who didn't love Thiago when he came on and, and the way he played? And straight away you were like, you know, starry-eyed watching it, thinking, well, this fella can transform us. Mm. And, and and he transformed us in that twenty minutes or so. Uh, you know, all of a sudden you could see a lot more energy in the legs again. People were making runs. You know, he's he's finding feet with absolute ease. Newcastle players as well. You know, were affected by it. I thought the lad who takes the yellow card and 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 therefore picks up a ban. You know, that was almost out of this thing. Like you know, this this lad's running this game. I need to get into him. I need to do yeah, something yeah. to try and stop him. So that's the effect on the opposition and that's the effect on Liverpool as well. And I just think when Thiago's in the side and, and hopefully is on Monday night, I think you'll see the difference because he you know, he, he's different class. And and I tried to focus the content I did post match on that because I think it was very easy to get dragged down by West Brom and by Newcastle and say, Oh no, two draws, two successive draws. But instead, you know, if you turn it on its head and say, Listen, we're still top and now we've got Thiago back. And now it looks like we've got Shakiri back, you know, and, and and hopefully the injuries just start to ease and, and and we have a bit more of a squad again. And I think when we've got a bit more of a squad again, when you can relieve the tired legs a little bit more, I think you see the results again. I I mean I watch whenever Thiago's played, <coughs> I spend the whole time just laughing at how good. I mean it's 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 obscene what some of the stuff he's doing. It is absolutely obscene and and. and that's one of the bit been the big shames for this season that we got this lad in. There's a big fanfare, and then we haven't had a chance to see him. Just seeing this brilliant footballer on the pitch, and that's going to be brilliant coming up. Just mentioning, uh, you mentioned the problems we've had at the back there. Well, the last two games have been problems up front, really. You know, yeah. we've had all these, we've had a lot of chances, and we've not scored. Um, and obviously, you just mentioned with Thiago coming back. Do you think there's you worried about that? Is that something that we need to, you know, fixate on? Is is are we really missing Jota? I mean, what what do you think the answer is with that? Was just one of them things. I, I think I think if we did add Jota, you know, it would have been nice because it just keeps everyone on the toes mentally. I think, and and again, legs wise, you know, it just means you can rotate the front three. I think we've all accepted now. It feels including Klopp that you know Divock Origi, God love him, is not the answer. Um, you know, look, he'll, he'll forever be in our hearts of what he's done for the club. 
but it does to me now feel like it's probably time for him to move on and the drop off from him to the front three is huge and I think it's it's obviously one of the holes they recognise during the summer, hence Jota coming in and then Jota's absolutely flying, he's doing what he's doing, we're loving him and then he's injured and it's like, you know, do, is there ever any respite from this and I don't think we've had a situation for a long time with the front three where all of them have been firing at once. And we've been treated to that in the past, but we've not had it for a while. So, you know, even right now, I would say, well, Mane looks on it again. But Mm. Mo there was missing chances that, you know, he he scores with his eyes closed ordinarily. And and Bobby's been a bit better. But has he been doing it regularly enough to the level that we know he can? Probably not. So... Just, just the option to be able to shake up that front three with Jota here and there, because he can play. Obviously, he can play across the three positions if you wanted him to. Um, I think that makes a big difference, and and when we, and it, he's hopefully getting a lot closer now to being able to play again. So that will make a difference. Mo, we know, and Sadio. To be fair, they just want to play every single game, and we'll just keep going regardless. And I think the mentality of those two says to me there's not too much to worry about. I mean. We had the fuss with Mo about the interview he did and you know where will he be in the future and all the rest of it. And look, there is a little bit of a worry about what he said and that for me. But what I don't worry about as a Liverpool fan is how he will perform on the pitch. He, he just isn't bothered. He just he's a, Whatever he does behind the scenes and whatever Liverpool do with him, he's able mentally to get to a place where he just performs. And he's, he, he's you know nine times out of ten, he's seven, eight or nine out of ten as a player. So... I wouldn't worry about him. I wouldn't worry about Sadio either. He, he looks to me like he's on one a little bit at the yeah. moment. Um, yeah. You know, I, we were talking the other week about it, his goal and saying, you know, it looked like he was angry with the ball. Do you know what I mean? It looked it looked like he wanted to batter the ball when he put it in the back of the net. And I think, I think an angry, pumped up Sadio is a good Sadio. Is the best Sadio. You know, we always remember the game where I can't remember who we were playing, but I remember the moment where. He was getting a bit of rough treatment at Anfield and, you know, he, he sort of got up and, and was like, I had to go at the ref, I had to go at the player. But then turned to the crowd and was like, come on. And like, we all we, we all loved that we moment. Love that. That's, that's proper Sadio, do you know what I mean? He yeah. plays on the edge and he plays with a bit of emotion. And that's why all this, you know, nonsense about, you know, the way he reacted the other week and is there a bit of a thing between him and Mo? I don't worry about any of that either. I think all that's very healthy yeah. and just shows you how motivated he is. So, yeah, I wouldn't worry about either of those two. Bobby, yeah, you know, I think in terms of his numbers and stuff like that, he's obviously dropped off. We see little bits of magic here and there. I'd like to see it more often because, you know, you begin to worry, I think, when it's over a longer period of time, which it's sort of getting to, you know, you think, well, is this now where he's at as a player? You know, he's you know he's not getting younger and things like that, but I'm not writing them off yet. He's still he's still one of my absolute favourites. So I think we'll be fine with that front three, and particularly when Jota comes back. And look, this is this almost ends up being something everyone else gets to worry about, not us, because you know they'll be looking at us saying, "Well, they've maintained that position. They're still at the top. They've got the best goal difference in the league. They scored the most goals in the league, and they haven't had Jota, and they haven't had this player, this player, this player, and this player. When all that starts to ease, and we're still there." This is what I mean about sort of just make, making sure you're in position to challenge when it gets to the the business end, as they say. Well, obviously we're playing Southampton tomorrow. <clears throat> yeah. What do you know about Southampton? Obviously the ninth, they've got 26 points. Um, what do you know about their season so far? Yeah, really good side. I I like Hasenhutl and I, and I like Southampton to watch Southampton play. I think I said on one of our shows the end of last week that you know there's so much football on at the moment that. I find it hard to watch all of it and find it hard to be interested in all of it, if I'm being honest. 
uh, despite what I do for a living. So, so you know, sometimes I'll just sort of look at who it is playing and go, well, nah, I'm just going to go for a walk. I can't be bothered. Um, you know what I mean? Like Bill Shankly closed the curtains of Everton were at the end of my garden and all that. Uh, one of them. But with Southampton, I think they're quite an entertaining side to watch these days. And he's done a good job there. He's got them motivated. He's got them in a system. He's got them working hard. You know, much the same as Klopp's done with Liverpool. And I think, you know, the, the big thing to say about them is that you know, they're only seven points behind Liverpool in the league. Um, and only I think it's only Liverpool, City and United have won more games than them over the past 12 months. So again, that says that says all you need to know. And I, I was digging into their results um, when I was sort of doing preview stuff for the Anfield app. And I think it's easy to look at the recent form and say, oh, well, they seem to have lost it a little bit. Because obviously they were top of the league at one point and, you know, putting tweets out about that and all that, which was quite nice, I thought. <laughs> Uh, but they drew with West Ham, they drew with Fulham, uh, they beaten narrowly at home by Manchester City, and then there's a draw with Arsenal, and then they beat Sheffield United like everyone does, three uh, 0 That's their sort of their last five. But when you dig into that, um, they seem to have sort of they're not creating as many chances as they were for whatever reason. Yet they still are sort of having a good go. So even against City, they're in City's box a lot. They get a couple of shots off that you know the the matching them there about for possession and things like that. They're not just sitting back, you know. They will have a go. So I expect, I expect a tough game. I mean, a lot of people are making a, a big deal about sort of Liverpool having a good record against them these days, and rightly so because I think once upon a time they were a bit of a bogey side. But all that goes out the window a little bit, especially in this season. So it's almost who who can who's the freshest on the day who can start the best. I think the first goal will be crucial because, you know, despite everything with Liverpool, I think, you know, th- there's a little bit of, you know, not weakness, but you know what I mean? I, I think I think everyone's aware of where they're at, including Liverpool themselves. And going down there and giving Southampton any kind of, you know, toffee, give them a give them a lead, that, that's not what you want. So Liverpool need to start well down there, I would say. But what I was going to say about the recent games is, um, you know, West Ham, it's nil-nil. Uh, but Southampton have had three shots on target and one big chance there. Fulham, um, Fulham actually, they probably should have got beat, uh, which is maybe a bit of an encouragement for us because I think some of our results recently, you know, you've looked at them and gone, how can, how can we possibly draw with West Brom and things like that? Uh, and then they go and get spanked by Leeds and asked, well, it's just about performance on the day. And I think, you know, everyone's performances on the day are dipping at different times. And, you know, you'd, you'd expect Southampton to go and tonk Fulham. And actually, they were a bit lucky. But as I say, the so there's they're the same as everyone else in that they've been up and down. Is what I would say. Um, so if you get if you get them the way they played against Man City, then they're going to give us a really hard game. If they, if you get them the way they played against Fulham, we should beat them. Equally, they'll be looking at our performances and say, well, if we get them the way they were against Palace or the way they were against Wolves, we've got no chance. Yeah. But if they if they turn in another West Brom performance, then maybe we have. So. It's all it's all very up in the air at the moment, and it's all quite hard to predict. And you know, we always do at the end of the show. You know, what are your predictions? And and nine times out of ten, I'll be very bullish. And I've been getting a bit of stick lately, saying, you know, you said it was going to be four nil, Rob. Or we, you know, and I was like, well, well, everything points to us beating West Brom, doesn't it? Let's be honest. You know, history, form, the fact that talent, you know, whatever you want, and then we just don't perform on the day. So there's no, there's almost no predicting that. So. Yeah, it would be a tough game, mate, I think. Um, but it is sort of, you know, the first one of the year. 
I think that makes it feel a little bit fresh. I think Klopp can use all the psychology of that and say, "Come on, let's make a big let's make a big statement. Let's go out there and, and put a performance in." I mean, we all remember when we got we've had crucial wins at Southampton, haven't we? You know, Mo whipping his top off, uh, you know, Henderson cupping his ears after yeah, he yeah. got that one and things like that. So another night like that where it's it's absolute graft. There's loads of perspiration, but you come out clutching the three points. I think that could be massive for Liverpool. And what um, what lineup do you think that we'll we'll go with, bearing in mind what we know about um, injuries? Yeah, I mean the only thing that seems to have eased at this point when we're talking, obviously, um, you know, stuff can change between now and the game. But you know, we mentioned Thiago, and we'd all love him to see to see him start, and wouldn't we? And I think the thing to temper that a little bit is that Klopp was basically saying he was knackered off the tw- even off the twenty minutes. We're all desperate to see him play a 90, but, you know, we've got to remember how long it is since he played a 90. I mean, it, it's October when he's done by that donkey in the derby, isn't he? So, you know, it's um, he, he's got to sort of ease his way back in. And I do wonder, you know, based on what I was just saying, really, whether there's a temptation, you know, to know that it's about those early stages, maybe, and, and use him at the... Use them at the front end of the match rather than the than, than the last end of the match, if you know what I mean. So to go out all guns blazing yeah. with Thiago in your side, try and control the game, try and get a goal, and then and then be looking to take him off the pitch rather than putting him on it. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's what I wonder whether you know Klopp could consider that. I mean, at the back we've obviously got the same situation with Matip still being out, so it's you know it's probably going to be, you know, it's probably going to be Phillips again maybe there. Front freeze the front three. Uh, as discussed, we can't do too much about that because we still haven't got Jota. And then, yeah, I mean, I think most of the rest of the side picks itself. Um, Fabinho is still going to be at the back, I would have thought. Um, obviously, Hen- uh, Henderson's in there. Um, Trent at right back. Robertson the other side. You know, it, it, it's. It, I don't think there's loads to to wonder about really I mean what I did wonder about the other night against Newcastle was whether we could have sort of almost gone for it a little bit more in that it, it's always hard to know because we don't know where players are at fitness wise but you know for instance could could we have had Shaqiri on the pitch from the start or even a lot sooner just to show <laughs> a little bit more intent well you've um, had because... like Chamberlain on the bench yeah. for, for a it's few another weeks one. now I, I keep predicting he's going to start and he, yeah. he's even getting a shout so that's a that's a bit of a weird one that isn't it yeah again i think it's i think it's the stuff that we never know about so you know we can only know so much as fans can't be and there was a good piece the other week about sort of how they rate the players um in training and stuff and and they rate what zone they're in i mean genie must just be permanently in green zone because he just plays all the time i mean you know he, he i bet you he thought he was finally getting his feet up the other night and then he's still brought on and it's other players, you know, you you don't see them, but it will be based on that. I would imagine it, you know, how fit they are, how likely they are to get injured and things like that. I mean, even with Matip, you know, he did pretty well to to string some games together there for once. But when he got injured again, the detail clock gave you about sort of the various injuries and how different parts of his body are triggering injuries in other parts of the body because he's compensating for that by maybe walking or running a little bit yeah. different things like that. You know, all of that's the stuff that we don't know and we only ever get to find out if the manager chooses to share that information and nine times out of ten he doesn't and, and quite right by the way. So I think sort of just knowing knowing what we do know, you would expect, you know, given the break between the games and stuff like that, that it sort of go again. I don't expect too many surprises, but it would 
I think it'd be a huge boost for everyone, including yeah. the players out there. If Thiago's starting the game, it's just it's just intent, isn't it? It's just you know it says to everyone, including to Southampton, come on then. Try and get the yeah the um the fixture list has been quite kind to us, hasn't it? This Christmas yeah. we've had some horrendous ones and uh, some of the other teams have had horrendous ones this this season. I was Man United have played what was it Sunday, Tuesday, and then Friday or something. So. Um, the looking at the lineup, the 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 idea of resting players or or players are playing too much isn't really a problem, is it? Um, but the the Thiago thing is definitely it's something I'll be looking for, and it's something I'll be excited up all all day pretty much before we yeah. get there. Um, <clears throat> just before I've got something else I want to ask you, but uh, just give us a quick bullish score prediction. I mean, I, I don't think Southampton away you can go too bullish, so I don't think we can be predicting four nils or five nils. But you know that'd be nice. No, I, I think it'll be tight, and I think um, they'll they'll cause us some problems. So I'm going to go for the old chestnut of uh, two ones to Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> that is a chestnut, definitely. Um, the other, the other factor as well is they have some weird rivalry with us, don't they? Oh yeah, like, they almost see it like a derby, which I think is just weird. Um, with no fans in the stadium, they haven't got that that factor. So um, I, I, I think we might win three one. Three one, I like it. I like it. Yeah, that rivalry thing's mad, isn't it? It's, it's weird. You know, it seems to be based on obviously we bought some players off them. You know, and it was and like well, lads, loads of money, by the way. Yeah, it gave you loads of money, and you know, lads, if you've got a problem with it, stop selling your players to us. Then you know what I mean. Um, yeah, it was a bit strange that, and a bit grim, and you know, something similar seems to be growing with Aston Villa as well, and I don't really understand that one either. And yeah, okay, they beat us in the semi-final of the FA Cup. And some lads on a train, you know, had a joke about Stephen Gerrard's birthday, and then we beat them in the last minute at their place, or or, or past the last minute at their place, and so they seem to be massively annoyed about it. And it's like, it's not on my radar, lads. Just leave it. <laughs> do you know what I mean? No. Everton and Manchester United are our rivals. City, yeah. you can start to crowbar them in if you want, just because of the recent years, and that's it. I never yeah. enjoyed the Chelsea one either. I just thought it's not for me. I know we're playing you a lot, but yeah. you're not our rivals. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Um, so just before I let you go, you were in the gutter the other day. Weren't not you? literally, but yeah. Not literally, <laughs> but Rob Gottman's gutter. <laughs> and um <clears throat> we you you were talking about who we were gonna sign and all that, and there's a yeah. lot of um speculation come out about this Sven Botman. Have you heard anything? I don't think that was mentioned on the on the gutter, was it? I don't think we did do him. No, I think that, that sort came of came afterwards. Yeah, it's yeah, it's come the last few days since that show. Really, I, I still don't know an awful lot about him. I've got to be honest with you. I'm only the same as anyone else that you know. You start to have a little look at YouTube's and and look at stats and things like that. What I would say is that I, I would be very very surprised if we're not doing something around that. I just think you know. Sometimes, you know, what, what the management think and what the fans think, you know, are miles apart. And we don't think about all the ins and outs of that, you know, sort of some of the stuff we talked about on the gutter, really, about, you know, so everyone knows we need a sense that are, so you then expect you're going to have to pay a premium and things like that. Equally, though, you know, they, they must be looking because for all, for, for all that the manager talks up, the likes of Nat Phillips and, and what have you, you know, the, the drop-off is obvious. I mean, you know, I think Nat's done great, and and he's he's jobbed there, but you know equally I would say, and I don't think I'm being offensive here that you know 
long term he's obviously not the answer for Liverpool, hence why he was not really getting a chance before all this. Mm-hmm. Um, equally with Reese, you know, he's only a young lad, and you, you don't see too many young lads playing centre half at the very top level yeah. because it's such a difficult job. Yeah. I mean, you know, we I spoke to Gary Gillespie about about Reese Williams the other week, and you know, Gary was. Gary was captain in Falkirk at 17, his hometown club, right. which is mad. But equally, he was saying, when I brought that up, he said, well, yeah, but that's in the Scottish second division. It's not the English Premier League with mm. with the eyes of the world looking in. And I think, like I say, I think the pair of them have done well, but I think yeah. the pair of them, you can't be you can't be saying we're going for the league and we're going for the Champions League and everything else with them as your choices. And it does look, for all the nice little videos that keep creeping out and stuff, it does look like... Virgil and, and Joe Gomez are likely out for the season. It'd be a big ask to expect them to be coming back and making any big contribution. And we could, and the other thing is what we just said before as well. It'd be really nice to get Fabinho back in midfield. You know, he, he's brilliant at centre half. Don't get me wrong. He'd, he'd walk into most sides in the league in that position, but he's well, he's absolutely world class as a defensive midfielder, and he can pop up with the odd goal and everything else like we know. And I just feel we're missing him a bit there. No, I totally agree with that. I mean, it, it, if everyone's fit in that midfield, it's difficult to pick a three. Yeah. I tried. To, I, I put a thing up in our group the other day and I was like, what do you do here? Do you go, like the two favourites were Fabinho, Henderson and Thiago. But then that means you leave Wijnaldum out and then you've yeah. got, is Fabinho too similar to Henderson? Do you know what I mean? It's it, it, it's exciting, but it, it, it would be... It'd be interesting to see, and I don't even think we're going to get to see that this season. That's all. I know. I mean, what, what you're touching on there as well is, is when we're talking about the centre-halves and we're wondering where it all might go, you know, the wild-card choice, really, if Thiago is, becomes available and is fit enough to be playing 90 minutes week in, week out, the little wild-card is Henderson at centre-half. Right, yeah. Because... We, he's played there, and I know, I'm saying it's wild card for a reason. I doubt he'll do it, but he could do it, and it's it's sort of not beyond the realms of a thing Klopp would do. Yeah, and then you know he's the captain as well, so it, you know it's a good place to have the captain. He, I think he'd be all right there next to Fabinho as well. In in, in, hey, is it something you'd do? I don't know. Uh, the sort of the traditionalist in me it rings alarm bells, but um. I do like the idea when when they throw a wild card in like that. I mean, I remember Henderson going to right back uh, out out of nowhere. I think it was Blackburn away, so we're obviously going back a while because Blackburn haven't been in the Premier League for a while. But it was when there was a, a, a sending off and he ended up at right back and he was absolutely fine. It, it's so that I think we get programmed as fans of seeing players very much in a position and we forget the really good footballers. It's like when Mascherano, you know, moved to right back. And he was brilliant there. Then he's moving to centre half when he goes to Barca, and you go, "Well, he can't play there." Turns out he can't. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, so, I mean, I I always thought there was an argument going off on all kinds of mad tangents here. Sorry, but I always thought there was an argument for Stevie to be dropping there late in his career. In his career, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, had, I had a little chat about with someone about that weirdly, yeah, and I kind of expected it, but um, he, his career got sh- cut short really at Liverpool, didn't it? Which yeah. Was- Fucking massive shame. Which was Listen, a shame, yeah. Thanks very much, mate. I really no worries. So what are you you guys up to on the Anfield wrap? Um in the next Just the usual, mate. So yeah, we're trying to crack through. Obviously, um, you know, the the the, the restrictions are, have changed again in Liverpool, so that makes things difficult again. But we'll be talking about, you know, how we can get round them because 
we do prefer where we can to try and do stuff in person. Just think it's it's better for the conversation. And also, you know, I, I'm going to be sort of pitching again the idea. We've done it before of just doing stuff around Liverpool, outside where we can, weather permitting, because we always, we always get nice feedback because people want to see yeah. want to see Liverpool, want to see the backdrop of our wonderful city and stuff like that. So we'll be trying to crowbar um, that in there. But yeah, it, it, it's pretty much um, as was, as, as it always is, you know, sort of stuff before the match, stuff after the match, stuff during the match. We've had loads of nice feedback about it. Uh, if people don't know about it, the hot mics, which is sort of like an alternative commentary during the game, uh, which is just normally, you know, a couple of the lads watching the game, but you, you see them their reaction. It's almost like the old school uh, fan camera or whatever it was called on Sky Sport, but, but going back a few years, uh, one for the kids there. But <laughs> yeah, it, we'll, we'll just keep on and going with all our content. So podcast video, stuff on the website as well. Uh, and stuff across social media and we'll, ju- we'll just keep on going and keep our fingers crossed that you know we can get the other side of this pandemic and get back to normal and get back in the ground well listen i think on behalf of a lot of fans thanks very much because i think you've kept us going all the whole team there and it's been brilliant and um because it's been difficult obviously and we've missed going the match and and what have you so thanks very much um but thanks mate thanks for coming on today mate i really appreciate it and if you're watching this on youtube just give us a quick subscribe Thanks a lot. See you later. Cheers, babe. Sports Social Podcast Network.